get ready to strap on your boots. I'm your host, Jason Sherman. In today's episode, I have an entrepreneur, Sam Gupta. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Jason. I'm super excited to talk to your fun listeners. That's right. And today we're talking about how to take your startup from $1 million to $10 million in revenue, which is a really cool topic because a lot of people, first of all, let's just say that we have to assume most entrepreneurs are not even going to be at the million range. So how would you start this off by saying, how can we get from $1 to $100,000 in revenue before we even get to the millions? Yeah. So I have personally done it. So I'll tell you, you know, what I had done, to be honest. I mean, there could be different stories depending upon what business you have. Uh, But typically what I personally like to do is identify the business type. Uh, whether it is going to be more of the consulting business or is it going to be more of the product-centric business because the marketing approach for both of those could be different. Uh, but basically what you want to do is you want to figure out, especially when you are at uh, you know $1 uh, stage, that you know how can you do some free marketing because marketing could be expensive as we all know. Uh, so if you are more of the consulting business, then I would probably go for existing channels, meaning you must have some sort of existing relationships. My assumption is going to be these entrepreneurs have worked somewhere, have some sort of relationships. So try to capitalize on relationships as much as, much as possible. And when it, now, comes to, when it comes to consulting, you mentioned uh, that you, know, you have relationships. And besides that, when you're selling a service as a consultant, right? Is is it safe to say that it's hard to scale that, that it's more of a lifestyle business because you're only one person and you can only help so many people in one day? Depending upon how the business is structured, I mean, I have seen billion dollar consulting firm, uh, you know, that are in Fortune 50 at this point of time. Uh, you know, I have also seen lifestyle businesses in the consulting space. So depending upon how you structure your business model, In most cases, yes, you are right. The consulting businesses are seen as dependent upon one person. Typically, that's how they are branded. They are marketed. Uh, But, you know, if you know how to market it well, a consulting business could be as good as your your product business. Can I have an example on how you can do that? Because uh, from just from my experience, all the different consulting businesses I've run or people that I know, We are limited as to, again, how many people we're able to help in a given week, month, or year because we can't clone ourselves. So how do you market it in a way that you can scale it? So depending upon, again, you know, depending upon what kind of services are we selling here. So for example, let's say if you are selling some sort of, um, you know, marketing services, in fact, I mean, see our business is more of the consulting business. If I put myself as the bottleneck for every single deal, then obviously it's not going to grow. So what I need to figure out is how I can... So yes, you are right. You cannot clone yourself, but you need to figure out how to clone yourself. Okay. (laughs) So so what's the secret? Is it, are we talking about science fiction or are we talking about reality? Uh, Most consulting businesses actually go for the partnership model. They have the PNL partnership. Uh, That's how you will be able to retain the talent, uh, especially the talent that is going to be as good as you, uh, you know, in terms of gaining the clients. So if you look at the consulting business model, if you look at, you know, 
PwC, KPMG, Deloitte, Accenture, uh, you know, all of these are consulting companies and they are billions and billions of dollar yeah. organization, but they have the partner. So typically, let's say if you have the consulting business that is going to be your billion dollar business. Now, if you actually slice in 10 to 20 to 30 to 40 million dollar PL and you give it to the partner, give them enough incentive so that they can actually capitalize on your brand, uh, you know, capitalize everything that you have from the core perspective so that they are not running more of the independent consulting business, then you can, you can scale. In this way, you are actually cloning yourself. <laughs> that makes sense. So, so finding people that are as skilled as you or even better than you, partnering with them, splitting profits with them, you know, splitting clients with them and, and the workload. And, and then I guess uh, you can grow from there. Now, let's say that the people listening, let's say that they want to be consultants or they want to have a consulting company, but they haven't yet got to that point because they're afraid to leave their job, you know, the security of their paycheck. Maybe they're married with kids. They have a mortgage. How would you recommend or suggest to somebody who has a really good skill or can provide a good service, but they can't yet make the jump from job to consultancy? What would you recommend to them to, to do it uh, without a lot of friction? So I'll give you the real life stories of the people that have done it. And I know at least, you know, 500 people who are doing this. Uh, one of the challenges that these people run into is how to basically, uh, you know, leave the job that is actually paying you quarter million dollar or hundred thousand uh, dollars. And then all of a sudden, you know, you are probably going to make $40,000. So that's a huge sacrifice. But, you know, if you actually want, want to be an entrepreneur, you have to be ready for that. You have to reduce your expenses. You have to figure out, you know, how to how to basically, uh, you know, be an entrepreneur. That is always the the biggest challenge for most people who are actually running the consulting firms. Yeah, because now, in a sense, you're sacrificing the paycheck for your freedom, right? You're giving up a lot of money to have more time to yourself. Well, I mean, you don't become entrepreneur just to get time and just to get lifestyle. You become entrepreneur because you are passionate about building something. That would be my assumption. Again, if you are doing more of the lifestyle business, then I would rather suggest that, you know, work for somebody else. Why would you take the hassle of, uh, you know, building a business? Because obviously it is going to require a lot of effort in competing with companies. Like even if you're a consultant, you have the subject matter expertise, but you are probably uh, competing with larger consulting firms. Uh, Because let's say if you are doing accounting consulting or marketing consulting or whatever consulting you are doing, you are competing with somebody in the market. When you have to compete with them, you don't have your own brand. The only thing you can sell when you're starting is probably going to be your personal brand. And personal brand is only going to be solid when you have a lot of references. Uh, You have people who can trust you, who are going to give you business just because of your name. Uh, Mm. You know, there are cases when you can get that business. In fact, there are companies who will actually leave the consulting firm just because of that person, because they know that, you know, they have given the contract just because of that person. So most uh, consultants, when they actually move to the entrepreneurship, that's how they actually get the contracts. But Mm. after that, they struggle to get additional business because they never uh, sort of figured out how to do sales and marketing. And if you actually want to build your business, if you want to build a company, you have to figure out how to build scalable, repeatable, 
revenue engine. You cannot simply rely on your personal context because today they trust you, tomorrow they may not. <laughs> so a lot of people, they think that being an entrepreneur or having a consultancy is just making connections and trying to find business on different websites. But you're mentioning, no, you have to be a sales and marketing expert and you need to push your brand out there. Now, what are some of the ways that somebody can do that if they literally have no idea how to do that? Yeah. So again, I'll give you some examples of what, uh, you know, other people have done. Uh, You know, one of the ways could be you hire somebody who is better in sales and marketing, but most times that approach may not work because the sales and marketing people, when you are going to hire the professional sales and marketing people, they are going to ask you, okay, if you have existing customers, if you have customer references, if you have all of that, then I can sell to you. If you don't have all of that, then maybe I cannot sell to you. So it's still, so when you are trying to, let's say, if you are trying to get to a million dollars, to be honest, you really need to sell your personal brand in the consulting business. If you are trying to develop your sales and marketing, people may not work for you. But at the same time, one of the things that you can do as a consultant when you are starting out, build your thought leadership okay and you can do that better than anybody else in the market Uh, you can actually compete out other fortune 500 companies in thought leadership because they are going to monitor every single penny and cent you are doing this for your passion okay this is your brains that you are dumping down uh, on google you are probably creating a blog maybe youtube maybe podcast if you do all of that Uh, you can have real strong subject matter expertise uh, built for yourself. And if you do that, then probably you would not require as much help uh, in the sales and marketing department where you have to either do uh, some sort of outbound uh, sales or marketing. But once you actually get to, let's say, 10, 5 million, sorry, the uh, $5 million, $10 million, then obviously things are going to be slightly easier because you can hire professional people you are going to have far stronger references. You are going to get business because of those customers that you have acquired because of your personal brand. Right. And we have to assume that at least the large majority of the people listening to this are going to be people who either don't have $5 million in sales per year uh, or don't even have $5,000 per year either. Like We're talking entrepreneurs who are trying to get to a certain level, consultants that want to achieve certain results they can't quite break through the obstacles and challenges that come with entrepreneurship and consultancy. So if you had to give people that are listening three important tips to just forget the $5 million and forget the $10 million, let's start with making a thousand dollars a month, three tips on how to get you to a thousand dollars a month as a consultant. What would you say to them? So number one, go to your personal network and figure out how you can get business from them. Number two, uh, really build your subject matter expertise online so that people who might not be part of your network can trust because of your knowledge and subject matter expertise. There are several different ways that you can do that. Uh, In most cases, it is either going to be some sort of blog, uh, social media or podcast, you know, whatever you are comfortable with whatever skills you have, you 
have to figure out how to do this in the, the cheapest manner, as opposed to spending, let's say, $100,000, $200,000. Uh, <laughs> so, so really figure out, you know, how you can do free marketing. Uh, number three, again, uh, you know, network, 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 you know, figure out how to build the relationship, even outside of your network. So go to as many networking events as you can go to and figure out how you can help them get some business. If you do that, then most likely it will come back. Uh, that's what personally I have done. And that's what personally I do, to be honest. Uh, I try to help, especially when you are doing the consulting business, it's always going to be, let's say, if you are selling marketing services, uh, if you have a, an accountant, if you can help that accountant, then most likely they are going to be talking to a lot of customers. And if they come across any references, they will send it to you because they know that you had sent some some referrals. So the, the, that's how you sort of build your reference channels. So uh, I don't know if I'm or not uh, well, number one. Let's, let's talk about networking for a second because we're in a we're in a post covid world where we're still having to deal with the the virus and not being able to go to networking events anymore can't shake hands can't pass around business cards a lot of it is obviously online and there's maybe some in person stuff but i come from a world where i used to go to a lot of networking events yeah and I did try to help people and, you know, try to get business out of people. And this is years and years of doing this. But what I found was a lot of people like me, people who were also looking for business, people who were also looking for investors, people who were also looking for help. And so there wasn't a lot of room for collaboration and or hiring because they also were in the same boat where they were trying to get to $5,000 a month in sales. I was trying to get to $5,000 a month in sales. And so we just couldn't really help each other because we were all in the same boat. And when you're all in the same boat, how do you help each other out? So I'm a little skeptical about the, the networking approach. So what would you recommend to people in this, this pandemic environment where you can't go to networking events? What would be a different approach? So again, you have to be creative and you have to be super strategic when it comes to networking. A lot of people randomly go to any networking event and they are trying to help everybody out. You have got 24 hours uh, in a day. So what you have to figure out is how you can find the people who are actually hanging out with your customers in the account that you are trying to close. For example, in my case, let's say we sell ERP system. So for us, the customer is going to be your CFOs and CEOs. Uh, my target uh, you know, customer is going to be manufacturing organization. Now, if I go to a networking event where insurance people are hanging out or real estate people are hanging out or the restaurant people are hanging out, uh, you know, that's not the right fit for me. I'm actually wasting my time. So I had to figure out how I can hang out with the manufacturers or the service companies that are actually serving the manufacturers. If they have 200 accounts, they are only going to introduce you to their clients when you have that trust built up. Because in, if you are going for the very tight-knit community, such as manufacturing, it's very trust-based business. So even if you figure out, let's say, how to make cold calls and, and emails, you might still not win the business because, you know, it, uh, it works, uh, you know, from the, from the referral channel perspective. So it makes a lot of sense. It's really identifying the, the type of customer or, you know, networking you're looking for. It's not the throw darts at the wall and one of them will stick. You really want to pinpoint the bullseye <laughs> and try to find the right customer, the right person to collaborate with. It makes perfect sense, especially with, uh, you know, this virus. Now people can do it online. They can go on LinkedIn. They can really kind of look for the right industry. 
um, start looking for referrals. It makes a lot of sense. Where can people uh, learn more about you online and what, what kind of services do you offer online that people can uh, find? Yeah, so we are in the ERP business and if people might not be familiar with what an ERP is, these are the order processing uh, you know, systems for product-based companies, for service-based companies. Uh, and if uh, you know, we help with selection, we help with uh, any sort of integration related to ERP, uh, and then we do the implementation and training as well. Cool. Um, so yeah, and I'm super popular, uh, to be honest, you know, Elevate IQ is the business name, E-L-E-V-A-T-I-Q. Uh, just Google it, you will find me or simply fill the contact form on Elevate, E-L-E-V-A-T-I-Q.com. ElevateIQ.com, guys, to check out Sam Gupta. Thanks so much for joining me, man. It was a, a pleasure to have you on my show. Thank you so much, Jason, for inviting me. I had a blast here. Awesome. Hope everybody enjoyed and learned something and we will see everyone in next week's episode. Thanks for listening. If you learned something in today's episode, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. You can learn more about me at jasonsherman.org. Don't forget to pick up a copy of my book also called Strap on Your Boots on Amazon. And if you want to dive even deeper into the world of entrepreneurship, I suggest you sign up for my course called Startup Essentials on udemy.com. Also, you can support this podcast by leaving me a positive review and also by visiting patreon.com slash strap on your boots to become a member and get bonus material. See you in next week's episode.